Doctrine and Devotion is sponsored by Together for the Gospel. Together for the Gospel is going down April 14th through the 16th in Louisville, Kentucky, and registration is now open. And you've already heard about it. Our listeners are getting a special Doctrine and Devotion discount. Just use the promo code DOCTRINE when you're checking out and save 10 bucks. Go to T4G.org for all the details and to register. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. It's uh, it's almost time for us to go to California. Yep. I mean, it is... Two days away. We two leave. days yeah. away. Today is Wednesday. This drops tomorrow, Thursday. We fly out Friday. Yeah, can't wait. Ooh, We've already wait. sent out uh, the information to uh, our attendees that uh, about the f- Friday night hangout. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send it out again. Yeah, because we've uh, got more people registering. Yep, yep, more people keep registering. So, so make we, sure you get on that before, you know. Oh, it's going to be out. good. Going to be hanging out the night before, 7 to 10, just chilling at a special location. We can't say it on air because we don't want all you crazy people just showing up. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, you, you, hey, you got to pay to play. That's right. And um, and you know what? We're worth it. <laughs> eh, so Let's not say that because some people are going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know who's not going to be disappointed? Oh. Matt Carabiner. Oh. The Carabiner's going? Carabiner's going. Carabiner's He's going. registered. He's going to be... Cindy Weeks is going. Yep. Uh, Fandy. Dave Fandy. Dave Fandy. I'm a fan of Fandy. Yeah, everybody is. Everybody likes Dave Fandy. He's godly. He's uh, he's he's like cool California guy. Oh, you know who I'm really looking forward to seeing? Bradley. Bradley Bradley Lincoln. Cooper? Yeah, Bradley Cooper is coming to our conference. That's awesome. Yeah, Brandon uh, Lincolns. Who's Bradley Lincolns? He's from... Uh, I see him every time I go to Vegas. I hang out with him oh, there. Yeah, he's the guy from yeah, Vegas yeah, there. Yeah, so yeah. he can that's find a, yeah, this is close enough that he's able to go. So you know who else is gonna be there? Who? Chris Pobletti. Oh, never forget him. Mom Spaghetti. I can't Chris wait. Chris Pobletti. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so fun, man. I'm really mm. looking forward to it. That's uh, you know, it's definitely a new thing for us, man, going out there, doing their doing our thing out in California. Because yeah. we're not, we're not California folk. We're Midwest. That's yeah. what we are. Yeah, but I so, but I enjoy like Oh yeah. The California life in the sense of just staring at the ocean. That's I guess that's what I anticipate California life is. At least yeah. that's what my life in California would be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, out I mean, of the yeah. ocean. And it's you know, you get down there, you're close to home and everything. It's, it's a pretty cool place. It, wait, say it again? What? Re- repeat that? What did I, I don't know? Did you just say I'm closer know. to home? Yeah, you know, we all like to get back to our roots. What, you know? what are you what are you insinuating here? Uh, you know, if we were to go to California, then you're close to the border, you know. But what does that got to uh, do with me? You mean, oh, because I was born in Texas? I thought you were. Because I was born in Texas? Yeah, but your ancestry. What do you mean? <laughs> What's my ancestry, pretty Joe? Pretty sure it's mexican No, it, you're wrong. So, it's uh, not, not Mexican. No, I know it's not. I know it's mm. not. It's uh, the Hawaiian Islands. What? <laughs> Someone is wrong That's what, with you. Somebody, my wife was at, uh, my wife was speaking at this event in uh, South Dakota. Right. Mm-hmm. So she goes to all these events, speaks all over the place. And she every time somebody comes up to her and she goes, I love your husband's podcast, uh, him and the Fofo. And they talk all about it. But this time somebody went, I love the podcast. Uh, Joe does such a great go- job. And I love his uh, his Hawaiian co-host. 
That's pretty great. Uh, pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. But you, the thing that, listen, you're exotic. You could pass for any, like, you're, you are like Catherine Zeta Jones. You could be like anything. I could be anything? Except white, yes. You could be anything. <laughs> what is wrong with I'm you? just saying, like, you could pass for all kinds of ethnicities. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, it feels real you're cool. You're an ethnic it, chameleon. Yeah, it feels really cool when, uh, when I'm, you know, going through the TSA. <laughs> oh, listen, okay. We've told many stories about how the TSA has gotten up in your, we'll call it business. We'll say um, business. But yeah. not anymore. Not anymore, because no, 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 you're, no, no, you're got, in the rich guy line now. I got that global entry. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, so you'll be <laughs> departing from me tomorrow. You'll be going uh, through the special. Like, mm, I think you get it. Uh, no, I've tried. We did, tried no, this no, last no, time. No, 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 no. You don't. You get it because I got it. Nah, we tried that last. Why time. does it not work for you? Everybody, every, anyone else where I arrange, you know, transportation that they're yeah. going with me, they receive the uh, because you're carrying like uh like they look at your shoes, they're shined, mm-hmm. and they look at that bag that you're carrying, that saddleback leather, yep, yep. and then they look at me. And they go, this guy looks like Jesse Pinkman, but still like strung out. <laughs> and, and like, they're just not, they're, they're, they, they don't, I don't know. But anyway, hey, listen, we got uh, a message from a listener. Mm-hmm. And I uh, you know you know this, but our listeners don't know this. And um, and he was saying, hey, hey man, you know what? I'm, a, I'm, I'm new to Calvinism and, you know, I'm, I'm vibing with it. I, I really feel like this is what I see in scripture, you know, but the system is new yeah, yeah. and I don't know really what to read. And I'm getting a lot of pushback from family. What would, what are 10 books that I should read? And that's sort of got us thinking about like, well, you know, if we're really going to um, recommend 10 books that a, a young Calvinist should read, what we're really doing is we're trying to create a Calvinist, right? Because yeah. there's different kinds of Calvinists and, you know, depending on kind of the, the, the path that, you you know, you could walk down the, um, well, you could walk down the Doug Wilson path and become oh, a Calvinist oh, like that. The Federal Vision. Yeah, you could, um, you could go down. How about. Well, I think uh, actually he says he's not. He's, I think oh, he says yeah. He's not, oh, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm well, just he saying. Uh, yeah, he also says he's not racist. So, you know, whatever. Stop it. I'm just. Um, I want to <laughs> just a lot of things. I just want to say <laughs> very clearly he says he's <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah. 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 You, you say you're the podcast husband. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we all say a lot of things, Jimmy. <laughs> they don't mean it's true. Yeah, you did uh, tell us you were 5'7. Some things are just not true. I didn't. I, I've never in my life said I was 5'7. Oh, oh, stop it. Nope. 5'5. Five, five. You've never said 5'5. Five, five. Oh, yeah, I always say 5'5". Five, five. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. No, now, I for don't. a while, I thought I was 5'6", so I went to the doctors, <laughs> and the time I was 5'5". Five, five. Well, that's because you went down. Yeah, I keep shrinking. My wife just pointed out to me, she goes, no, uh, Rob me- measured you at a CG, a community group, and you were 5'4". But I think that was measurement error. So, <laughs> at any rate. Um, so, really, you know, you could like, go down the John MacArthur path, right? Yeah. And that's not necessarily bad. I'm just saying, like, you know, you're going to read certain books, and if you don't Especially early on, if you don't read the right books, you could wind up imbalanced, lopsided. Yeah. You know, you kind of get we all we tend to get dialed into one particular thing or perspective. And so, as we were talking about, like, well, well, what would be the books that we would want to read and yeah. encourage people to read? We've got a list here. So let's um, let's talk about some of the some of the more important books for a, for a Calvinist to read in the first year or so of his uh, of his. Calvinist walk ten, 10 books in first year yeah well it's, you, it's, it's less than a book a month and let's just say um let's just say is it more than a book a month? I, what the point is mm. you, if you read one book a month you can read 12 so like you know <laughs> now, now like one of them is going to be a systematic theology so yeah, you're, you're, you're not necessarily break that down now, as well. I read you know I, oh I know Here I, we go. I read Hodges three volume in mm. here when I was a new Christian so I mean it, it can't be done yeah, yeah but um, yeah, not all of us are Joe freaking Thorne thank goodness the world can't there can only be one <laughs> um, so Jimmy what uh, let me let's bring up our, our list here yep I'm all right at it 
pick one, pick one from this list. What is a book that, uh, that you would say, this is something that a, uh, a, a young Calvinist should definitely read to help him develop a healthy, uh, well-rounded Calvinism that isn't bizarro. You know, the one I really, really liked, uh, is vital godliness mm. by plumer plumber, the plumber, you know, the plumber, the plumber, that book, first of all, Get the hard if you can find it. Get that hardcover think, facsimile you know what? edition. I think you got me that hardcover. Yeah, it's great. It is. I think uh, you gave it to me as a gift. It is. Uh, it's huge book. But oh, it's, no, no, never mind. You told my wife to get it for me. That's what it was. That's what it was. It is a same thing though. Pretty much every Christmas. Merry Christmas, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it would be great if it was coming from your account, not mine. But yes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> why, why would I? Why would I change things? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a it's a giant book, but it's got huge margins and giant print, mm-hmm. so it's really not that big of a book. But vital godliness, Jimmy, what is what's it about? Yeah, I mean, really, what it's talking about is is that uh, that intimacy, that affection with Christ, that how we are to uh, really cling to Him, and there should be this change in the believer. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's it's broken down into different chapters, like it's got chapters on backsliding and spiritual darkness, yep. as well as joy. So it, it, it covers all of these experiences in the Christian life. You know, it's called uh, Vital Godliness, uh, a treatise on experimental and practical piety. See, a lot of and times... That's the part I love, right? Yeah. That's what I love about some of these writers that uh, uh, we should be reading uh, because they, they don't divorce the two, right? They don't yeah. divorce uh, doctrine and experience or doctrine and devotion. Exactly. Yeah, there exactly. you go. <laughs> Hence, the podcast. Listen, that is the book... That changed my life um, when I was just about done at Moody for Bible college because I had been reading all this reformed literature, but mostly systematic theology, sort of abstracts and sort of, you know, the things that are not necessarily experientially oriented. I've read a few things, but that was the book that God used to just completely shatter a, a lot of the. Not all, of course, but a lot of the, mm-hmm. the arrogance and pugnacity that was true of me. And uh, so, yeah, I agree, Jimmy. That is a great one. So let's go with um, a more foundational doctrinal uh, book and say The Reformed Doctrine of Predestination by Lorraine Bettner. Oh, That's a dude. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, Lorraine, I'm just telling our listeners might not know if you haven't read that book. Now that Well, book- you do allow lady preachers, so... You, might you be okay. allow lady preachers. In fact, with your hair, you basically are a lady <laughs> preacher, Jimmy. Um, that book is great. And it doesn't just cover predestination. It actually walks through on the back end, the five points of Calvinism and everything. But it is a foundational work. It's not hard to read. And um, it will serve you well. It will establish you in these doctrines and uh, give you uh, a, a place from which you can actually begin to talk to other people and even teach. It's it's. I, I can't. I can't recommend it enough. And if you're going to be, if you're going to take these doctrines seriously, that is a great place to start. I mean, and then speaking of like taking things seriously, I know we've talked about this. Uh, we've actually brought this up a n- number of times. Uh, what about Thomas Watson on the Ten Commandments? I know Ooh. you love. You absolutely love that work. Everybody loves Watson who reads the, reads the Puritans and comes across him because he is readable. It is. It doesn't even. You don't even feel like you're reading somebody from the 17th century for mm. the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, if you're going to take reformed theology seriously, you're going to need a good treatment of the 10 commandments. Yeah. So this is accessible. Really, really good. You know, my wife and I read that out loud to each other when we were dating at the oh. river after church on Sundays. Oh, mm. be still my That's beating heart. That's why we heart. have uh, four kids. That sets you up. It, romance. <laughs> reading you, Watson. Reading Watson before you're married just builds up the 
romantic tension, we'll call it, mm. so that that conjugal love okay. later on, you know, as, as as Baxter refers to it, that conjugal love is is in a fervor once you get married, and then you have all those kids. Everyone's blushing right now, and I really don't. I, I can't really imagine you in a fervor. No, I don't really do the fervor. No, no, I, I don't. No, more uh, like a flame out. Yeah, I, I just kind of. Hmm. <laughs> Man, that's <laughs> yes, no, right. Good thing Jen doesn't listen. <laughs> Man, seriously, Ten Commandments—it's just great. And what, what, what's great about this is, you know, a, a reformed treatment or anything good treatment, but a reformed treatment, a Puritan treatment of the Ten Commandments will take something like a, a, a command that is um, a positive, like honor your father and mother, and then it'll show you what the negatives are, or it'll take like a, a negative, um, do not bear false witness, and it'll say, well, here are the positives of that. So the Ninth Commandment. Um, don't bear false witness. Here's what it means you should be doing positively, which yeah. is defending your neighbor when somebody is speaking against him and lying about him. Uh, and whether you're he's your buddy or not, you stand up for those who are being maligned. Now, I'm actually uh, I'm glad you said that because I, I I'm using mm. part of Watson uh, for uh, the Daca Devo conference. Ooh, for one of your talks that you're still for not done talks, with? Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. That what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. What was that? Are you? It's. Are you done with both talks? It's spirit. You could preach them. I could preach them. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, no, just because. Or, by the way, you're all, everybody's always working on their talks to the very last minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah They're yeah, done. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah So, yeah, just uh, as we get into like uh, what I'm going to about contending for unity, right? And so mm-hmm. then what does it mean, though, you know, to to uh, to stand up for your fellow brethren, right? Mm-hmm. Like when people are slandering them and you see that, well, part of unity is defending them. That's right. And, you know, you're just you're not pursuing unity just with the Calvinists. Mm-hmm. You're pursuing unity within the larger body of Christ. That's right. And so I think that's really good, man. I can't wait to hear that. Jimmy's been sharing his outlines with me. Very good. I'm, oh, uh, thank I'm, you. I'm legitimately excited. I mean, I'm not going to listen, but I hope that they're good. Um, so DoctrineDevotion.com slash West. You've got time if you're over there, Southern Orange County. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right, so uh, let's see. What else, Jimmy? Um, how about – okay, this is good. We'll we'll do this. Um, there's some obvious ones that we're going to hit. We'll, we'll save those for later. Uh, I am going to say Quest for Meekness and Quietness of Spirit by Matthew Henry. Ooh, I don't think I've read that. That is the best treatment on humility that you will read. No, no wonder I haven't read it. Yeah, you read C.J. Mahaney. Okay, <laughs> that's what. That's your problem. You read C.J. Mahaney pride. on humility. <laughs> All right. Now, now listen, that is actually a good book. His book on humility is good. But uh, Quest for Meekness and Quietness of Spirit, man, it is a little book, a tiny book. Get that green hardcover. I think the publisher is Solidale Gloria. But uh, you can read it online for free. But this is important because it, when you start to get into theology, especially Calvinism, the, the, the tendency is to get a little, little puffed up. Oh, you, get mean, a little proud. you mean those cage stagers? Get a little cage stagey. And, um, and if you want to be like free range – you gotta, you gotta free range. Yeah, you want to be free range Calvinist. You want to be cage stage. Well, I don't even know if I want the free range. Oh yeah, well, because you don't believe in freedom. I know you're Calvinist. You're like bondage. <laughs> um, but th- this is really good. And it, and for those of you that struggle with anger as well, um, this was this was the thing that God used outside of Scripture or in addition to Scripture to help me deal with a lot of my anger issues. So um, yeah. I think that's that that's a that's a good one for me. If we're, if we're going to Frankenstein a Calvinist, yep. um, that is. That I think that helps to sort of strengthen and calm the heart. That's what I would say mm. about that book. So I think though, it, it, part of I think, well, just for any believer is to uh, study doctrine, right? Like mm-hmm. you want to kind of look at scripture, uh, and there's some good systematics out there. And I know we we've, we've discussed things like 
well, like Wayne Grudem. We've, no way, Wayne. No way, Wayne. Uh, there's there's others. You talk about Hodge, right? Three volume. Uh, yeah, yep. it's good. There, there's others out there, but I mean, for my money, I I'm still just a big fan of Burkoff. Oh, for sure. I just love the way how he breaks it down, how he starts, just. Just like how deep he goes, uh, and just in much more detail than than some of the more, I guess, general stuff that you'll read for 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 the uh, popular stuff. Like, like people will use Grudem as a starter, but it's not a proper systemat, right? It's not dealing with philosophy and history and stuff like that. Burkhoff is a proper systemat, and it really is the uh, sort of the uh, what do you call it? The starter version of Bavink, right? It, it, yeah, it, it, he basically one, yeah. he basically rips off Bavink and make gives you like a short tiny one because Bob Inc. is four volumes and it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Each one of his volumes is as big as Burkhoff's volume. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. And um, until we have a good reformed Baptist systematic theology, which we do not have. Yeah. Hey, our Bap. Yeah, I was about to say, why? why you do something? <sighs> come on. Come on, Doc. Doc's got to put something together. Hey, hey listen, why, why don't you guys um, stop putting out those little tiny books and uh, and put out a systematic? Why don't you do it? Come on, you got the brain. That's really you got the funny. Heart. That's really funny for you to say. Don't I, put out a little book. Yeah, I, I put out little books because no, I got no, the little yeah, brain. Don't put out a little book because that's that's my area. That is my area. That's my stay area. in your lane, guys. <laughs> Let me, t- little man, little book for yeah, my little market. That's right. So, uh, Burkoff, I totally, I totally agree. Um, you know what you should read if you're a Calvinist, especially in that first year or so early on. Read Luther's Bondage of the Will. You're not going to read a ton of Luther. Mm. Um, you know, people will get his commentary on Romans and and whatever. But man, Luther's Bondage of the Will. You should read Bondage of the Will because a it's a great treatment on the subject. Um, but also, B, it's funny because uh, Luther is dogging Erasmus the whole time. It, yeah. It's basically a response. And so he'll say things like this. He'll say things like, I'm just pulling this from memory, so it's not going to be an exact quote. But he'll say things like, hey, Erasmus, yeah, um, you're like really smart and you're a really good writer. But what you have written is so bad, it's like putting dung on a golden plate. <laughs> <laughs> So you shouldn't talk that way to people, but uh, you know what? You can enjoy someone else talking to them uh, that way, and Luther's bondage of the will is great. So, yeah, it's all about, um, you know, human will, uh, and and he covers things like, well, well, why would God command you to do something you can't do, Mm -hmm. right, in in your fallen state? And he answers that question. It's actually very beautiful. So I'm going to say Luther's bondage of the will. That's a good one. That's good. Now, one that I'm looking forward to, Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've only read, you know, the back cover, the introduction. Uh, and I've gone through just kind of like skimming it. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, this weekend, actually, I'm going to take it with me when mm-hmm. we go uh, read it on the uh, plane. Yeah, I'm going to read it on the plane. There, uh, I want is Sam Renahan's "The Mystery of Christ" that you can get yeah. from uh, Founders. There. Oh man, it, I'm ex- I just love anything by Renahan. Any Renahan. Yeah. Junior. Well, he's not a junior, but yeah, like the younger Renahan or the yep. or the elder Renahan. Yeah. Those guys are brilliant. Um, you know, Sam looks like he's 15. If you've ever seen a picture of him, he looks <laughs> like really young looking, but he likes metal. Oh, does he? Yes, he does. Oh, that's why he likes a metal kindred spirit. And you can tell because uh, Reformed Baptist metal guys, they're, they're, they're always the sharpest, the best writers. So, oh, oh, really? Anyway. Um, <laughs> and they write know, the small books? I haven't read. This book is actually, it's a good size. It's not too big. Yeah. Um, it's not too small either. It's a great intro to a, uh, you know, ref, like Baptist uh, covenantal theology. Mm-hmm. It, it, we finally have one that is like a, it's a proper treatment. It's a whole thing. I mean, you you could you would I think you could supplement that with Pascal Denal's. Oh, um, that's another good one. Yeah, the distinctiveness of covenant of Baptist, Baptist covenant, covenant theology. theology. Yes, that's so, a really good. Uh, he, that's really good for a French Canadian. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, it's almost like Joseph Smith Golden Plates level. I mean, you know, <laughs> because uh, the French Canadian. Do they do anything up there? Is he the only good French Canadian? No. George St. Pierre. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, so I would say uh, maybe get that with it. So read Renahan's Mystery of Christ, which I, I've only started to read it. Um, I'm loving it. But then also uh, get Pascal Denal's book as a compliment to that, because that'll walk you through the ways in which Baptist covenant theology or credo-Baptist covenant theology differs from paedo-Baptist covenant theology. So um, one of the things, though, is that, you know, you look online, you could probably find some of these things uh, at, a, at a cheaper cost or uh, sometimes even free. You know, you want to be widely, you want to read wide, right? You want to go ahead and take in what you can. And, you know, what's a good spot to go ahead and grab some more books? TGC. Together for the gospel is what I meant to say. I think you mean T4G. Yeah, I meant T4G, but T-G-C I said. TGC is the gospel coalition. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, not yeah, a sponsor. Yeah. But you know what, though? They're, yeah, they're not sponsoring they're all this three, There's three letters in each one. And you know, yeah, it's so gotta, FBI, ACT. There's lots of and so uh, and so. Go to the FBI conference. That's TMI, happening. TMI. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, T4G yeah. is happening in April, and so uh, listeners of Doctrine Vote should you guys get a special discount code? Use the code Doctrine, uh, and you could save ten dollars. Uh, and right now, you're still in early bird pricing through October 31st. You want to head on over there now, Joe? There's a there's going to be some good people out there. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to sit through guys like Legan Duncan and Mark Dever, you know. I mean. <laughs> Yawn. Oh, my gosh. I Seriously, Legan Duncan and Mark Dever is enough for me to go to a conference, uh, to be honest. Oh, like, yeah. Those guys alone. But you I'd also, go when it's just Legan. Yeah. I would just go if it was League. I would go if it, uh. um, But then you got John Piper, Kevin DeYoung, or uh, Kevin Deasy, um, <laughs> Al Moeller, H.B. Charles, Greg Gilbert, Trip Lee, Edmore, David Platt, and Richard Chin. Um, so you're going to get fed. You go to a conference like this, and I just had somebody at my community group last night. They're new to the church, and he says, I've never gone to Together for the Gospel, and my friend is going who lives down that way, and he said that I should go. Should I go? That's what he asked me. Should I legitimately go? And I said, absolutely, you should go. Um, a, there's going to be great teaching. B, you're going to hear like 10,000 people singing songs together. Oh, I know how much you love that. That alone is, is huge. Plus, fellowship with all these believers. Um, it's going to be great. And then Brian Malcolm signed up. And if you uh, if you use the document and devotion discount code, <laughs> you'll save 10 bucks. Thanks. So, Thanks, Pastor Brian. Really, really good stuff. It's April. It's coming up, man. April 14th through the 16th in 2020. So early 2020. Um, plenty of time, but get in early so you get that early bird special and our discount code. So, Joe, as we're looking at this list, then we're, we're rounding it out here. Uh, what else would you suggest? <sighs> All right, let's let's go. Let, let's do some evangelism. All right, let's do. Now, there's all kinds of great books on evangelism. Evangelism and the sovereignty of God. Most people would probably put that in there. Your first year of a Calvinist, you're going to be wrestling with those kind of questions. You know, is this a paradox? Is this is this an antinomy? Antinomy, yeah. as uh, as Packer says, and that's a great book to read, definitely. But I'm going to change it up and say, "The Art of Man Fishing" by Boston. Man. Thomas Boston wrote this when he was in his 20s. Um, Art of Man Fishing sounds a little progressive, we might say, today. Like, you might not want to title your book The Art of Man Fishing today because it sounds a little questionable. Mm. But Yeah, because uh, today it's you know, the art of catfishing. Yeah, that's, it's, more, it's more like that. But uh, The Art of Man Fishing, right? Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. And this is a tiny little book that is a great encouragement to people. And plus it touches on this idea of preparationism, um, which I, may, I think we maybe have talked about that. Maybe yeah, we've we, talked about it, yep. 
So from the Puritan perspective, art of man fishing, because listen, the, the last thing we need is a Calvinist that's going to actually reflect the stereotype that we don't believe in evangelism. We yeah. do believe in evangelism. The greatest evangelists uh, throughout history, uh, most of them, I think, have been uh, Calvinists, uh, thoroughgoing Calvinists. And so if in that first year, you're going to want to be feeding into that, right? You're going to want not just to make people Calvinists, right? You're, you want to be zealous for the gospel. Yeah. You want to see people come to know Jesus. And if you know what? And if they go charismatic or traditionalist instead of Calvinist, whatever, man, uh, they know the Lord. They have that hope. All right. So like, that's going to be one. Um, Jimmy, what about, uh, what about something that is like people would say, well, it's kind of a given. Like, you know, what, what, oh, what? well, obviously you'd want to go with your Calvin's Institutes. It's not what you, if you haven't read it, it's not what you think. No, it's, it's devotional. Mm. It's rich. And it's beautiful. It is so different from other things that you're going to be reading. It really is. And, um, it's also going to because it, it is like a systematic theology. Um, yeah, it just keeps connecting and building upon each other. Yeah, right. It does, and uh, he's got whole sections on there, like a big section on doubt. You didn't know that would be in there, probably, right? Man, you got to you got to get in on that. I I, I totally agree. And then um, lastly, we're going to encourage you guys to read a little book, another little book, also by Matthew Henry, same guy that wrote Quest for Meekness. And this one's called The Pleasantness of a Religious Life. I don't think I've – I have not read that. Now, that is what John Piper was trying to write when he wrote Desiring God. This mm. is just earlier and better. Um, Desiring God's a great book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, Why don't you tell us again how Pope Piper is not good? That's good. Did I ever tell you? Did I, did I tell everybody, our listeners, that I was at I was at this table with John Piper. We were having lunch, and it was all these guys. John Piper was there. I was there. And so Piper wanted to have lunch with you? Well, I, I got a text, Steve McCoy and I. We mm. got a text. Hey, man, John Piper wants to have lunch with you. What? what? Are you kidding me? And I was like, get out. We were at like uh, the pastor's conference up in Minnesota. And so you, John, the That's what Piper. I was told. I was told, I think it was Justin Taylor who said. Justin Taylor over at uh, yep. Crossway, yeah? Justin is like, John Piper wants to have lunch with you. And yet, JT is great. So, so I'm going to give a shout out to JT because JT is great. Well, we show up and it turns out. That's just what Justin says when he wants people to show up for a lunch with John Piper. John Piper didn't know who we were. John Piper didn't know anything about us. And so um, I'm there. And I remember we were talking about it. He was asking us about each of our lives and what was going on. So I was telling him how my dad became a Christian like a year before. And he's reading all these books, you know. And I was like, he's read your books. He's read – and uh, and in the midst of it, I go, man, he really, really liked um, this book that you wrote. But his favorite is Tim Keller. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't think that was of a bad course, thing to of say. Of course you had to say that. But uh, yeah, I got dogged by a lot of people for telling. So I'm pretty sure, were you ever, in, did Piper ever want to have lunch with you again? I don't think he wanted to have lunch with you the first time, Jimmy. So, uh, <laughs> but the pleasant. No wonder Barnabas doesn't like you. The, Barnabas loves me. <gasps> That's not true. Yeah, it is. It is it's totally not true. true. It's yep. not true. You are bearing false witness right now against Barnabas. Mm-hmm. Ninth Our- commandment breaker. You should read Watson. Anyway, the pleasantness <laughs> of a religious life is – now, when the Puritans say a religious life, they mean the Christian life yeah. because there is only – for them, there's one religion. Yeah. It doesn't have that connotation that we have today about religiosity. Right. Exactly. So there's one religion, Christianity, and then there's false religion. So that's how they talk about it. Uh, plus, the Bible likes the word religious, right? Uh, this is true religion, James says, right? To you know, keep yourself unstained by the world, take care of orphans and widows. Uh, anyways – this book is great. It is devotional. 
it is encouraging. And um, I took, uh, I read this along with some brothers while we were in seminary just to get together and have some fellowship. And uh, it was really, really helpful. And I've loved taking other people through it since then. Really good book. So if you are a young Calvinist, if you are just starting to get into these things, Mm -hmm. these are 10 books and they're linked all in the show notes. So you can check them out. Yeah, maybe. And tell you what, if you buy them through Amazon, you that's one way you can support the podcast because oh. those Amazon links kick back a tiny percentage to us and that helps us to pay for our website and hosting and all that stuff. Jimmy's conditioner, whatever. I don't know what else it goes to. Yeah, Brazilian blowout. Is that, is that what that is? Yeah, well, I do that. Yeah. a lot of volume in that air. Yeah, Brazilian blowout. Okay. Um, but you know what? What did you- You know what's really awkward what? is only the ladies are going to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Brazilian blowout? Yes, that's what I heard that's not the only Brazilian treatment you get, though. Is that right, Jimmy? So anyways, we would like to hear what you read during your first year. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds. You left me speechless. What are you talking about? You left me speechless. Those eyebrows have been treated. That's all I'm saying. I can't believe you. You've done, you've done some. You've, stop, I've seen you with stop, some treatment before. Just stop. We would like to know, what did you read in your first year or so of being a young Calvinist that proved to be really helpful? I know a lot of you are going to say, I read A.W. Pink. The problem is, is like I, I did too. And uh, you read A.W. Pink, The Sovereignty of God, you might go full tilt for a year or two. Even though I'm not saying don't read it. It's a great book. I'm having our elder candidates read that book along with a bunch of others. Yeah, but they're a bit more mature. Yeah, they're a bit more mature. So be careful with what you read. But we'd like to know, what, what did you read? And then um, and share that, right? Because uh, somebody, maybe they've already read some of the books we recommended. Or maybe like there's some better better options for them. So you can share. Jimmy, if they want to share what they are reading, uh, how do they do that? Yeah, they can uh, follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctor and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. Later. Later.